Joining us via the Blitz hotline is none other than Dusty Dvorak on this Monday. I'm Colby Daniels, Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Jeremy Poplin has left us to uh, head to his birthday party, Dusty, so no pop this afternoon. How are you, my friend? How was the weekend? I, fantastic. I was hoping to wish the birthday boy well. Uh, I'm sure he's off and out of and going to have an excellent evening planned. So, boy, what a month for him, the Oklahoma sports broadcaster of the year and a birthday and his Niners punch their ticket to another Super Bowl. Goodness gracious. Pop must be living well. He must be living well. What a uh, what a championship Sunday yesterday. It got a little dicey in both games, uh, but ultimately I think you and I kind of pegged these right on. I think we both had the Chiefs and I think we both right. had the uh, Niners in somewhat of a close one. So championship Sunday, man, it delivered. We've got a big Super Bowl matchup ahead, but so much, I think, to digest from yesterday. And, I mean, speaking of, of Pop living right, maybe maybe Dan Campbell yeah. knew that Pop was on a heater and yeah. wanted to contribute to the cause, right? I mean, Dan Campbell, he's a giver, right? And, and he obviously knew that it's Pop's birthday, and he just wanted to make sure that he could ensure a perfect birthday for him here on this Monday because that's about the only thing that can explain what I saw yesterday. And I love me some Dan Campbell. I'm not here to kill him. I think that he is the reason, one of the biggest reasons, that the Lions were in the position they were in yesterday. But I just, man, and whether you want to call it analytics, you want to call it aggressiveness, you want to say that's who we are, that's what we do, whatever it is, it just it did not make sense to me situationally. And, and here's the other part that helped me understand. So if you're going to do that, it's kind of like live by the sword, die by the sword. I kind of think of it if you're at the blackjack table and, you know, you're going you're gonna to stay on 16, well, you better do it every time. You're going to hit on 16, which you should, hit every time. Why, if Mr. Dan Campbell, uber-aggressive, follow the analytics, why didn't they go for the touchdown before halftime? Like, and I wouldn't have done it. I would have taken the points. Agreed. But if that's like the mentality, the philosophy – why then switch on the first possession offensively when you could push it right back to a 17.3 possession game? Like, just so many. And there will be people tell you, well, you got to execute. If Reynolds catches, to heck with that. You got a chance to push that thing back to three scores. And at that point, what, there's about half the third quarter left? You do it. And especially yeah. the last one, Colby. When you're down. You, you got a chance to tie the game. What are you doing? You ensure with that much time left, you're going to get the ball back with a chance to either win it or tie the football game and send it to overtime. I just, there's so much about Dan Campbell that I absolutely love. I thought yesterday that wasn't aggressive. That wasn't analytics. That was reckless coaching by him. And I don't know if they kick those field goals, if they win the game. Maybe it doesn't play out that way, but dang it, it sure feels like he he didn't do his part as head coach of the football team. I understand that he doubled down at the end of the game. I think, though, deep down in his heart of heart, he knows he screwed that thing up. Yeah, I, I, the fact that he doubled down, I mean, if you are inside that organization, that has to be like one of those palm-to-the-forehead type of moments because – uh, you just have to think like, what, you know, is, is this just going to be what we deal with for eternity? Because again, I, I love Dan Campbell. I don't think that they should get rid of him by any means. But yesterday was one of the biggest fumbles by a head coach, especially considering 
the stage and the circumstance that that I can remember. And your point before halftime, I think, is valid. And and the one thing, and I've preached this for the last couple of weeks. We had a long conversation on the show last week, Dusty, talking about analytics and their place in sports and. It doesn't account for the different variables that that are factors in all of the data, right, that they supply you. They give you outcomes, but yep. it doesn't factor in. I mean, are you going to just go for it because it says it's 65 percent successful if it's in a if it's if it's raining? Right. I mean, is that does that change your mind? If it's raining, if you if your backup quarterback is in, does that change the way you approach it? If the other team has half their defense out like there are so many different factors that, that play a role here, and I think especially in the in the third quarter, one of the factors is risk-reward, right? It may yes. tell you a certain percentage, but you know what it doesn't tell you? It doesn't tell you what you gain by getting that or what you lose by not getting it. What you gain if you pick up that fourth down is maybe scoring a touchdown, and it's still a three-possession game. Yep. Right. It's a three possession game, whether you kick a field goal or you ultimately convert that fourth down into a touchdown. What you lose is a massive momentum swing in a championship setting for a home team and a home crowd that are begging for anything to go their way and begging for any rallying point that can potentially generate something positive to go in their direction. One million percent. That was this morning on our morning show, we talked about this, that I said, where does analytics account for momentum? Because you gave, Dan Campbell gifted the San Francisco 49ers life. Gifted them life. And what happens? They get, what, just a couple of plays later, they get that fluke IU play down the field that sets them up for a touchdown. Then, boom, Jameer Gibbs puts it on the ground. Next thing you know, before you can blink, it's a tie game. And it should have been... A 17-point lead. I just, again, you never know how these things play out, but the 49ers needed Dan Campbell to screw it up. I needed the Detroit Lions to screw it up. The head coach screwed it up with his decision, and then the team screwed it up with their lack of execution and their inability to pick a pass off and then for Jameer Gibbs to turn that ball over. I don't know how you felt at that point. It was just like, oh, boy, this thing. I, I said they're cooked in that the moment. Game, the yep. game completely turned upside down on its head, and it was all based off of, I thought, give San Francisco credit. They go right down, they score, but I thought Detroit got a real win just holding them to a field goal on that opening possession. That's right. For, the, for then Detroit to go right down the field, get in field goal range, and then go for it on that fourth down, I just thought, what? are we doing and but I, I don't know how you felt the last one I thought was even more egregious than that not, I don't want to say last one not the one that, and by the way th- there's so many things how about the fact that they're running the football they got three timeouts left the end of the game management was what was he as doing bad as anything in the game yeah my man Greg Olson you would talk about a guy who was a star my boy was awesome Yesterday, I thought him and Burkhardt had a phenomenal call. He's sitting there telling Dan Campbell what to do or what not to do. You can't run the ball here. You got to preserve your three timeouts. And what does he do? He hands the ball off and has to use the timeout. And then even going for on fourth down there, I know they got the touchdown, but it's just like, what are we doing here? I, I just, for a guy that's been so good all season, and I would, I would probably, if I had a vote, I'd probably vote him coach of the year. I thought he came up very, very small on the biggest stage yesterday afternoon. 
he did what we saw Kyle Shanahan do as offensive coordinator to a certain degree when he was with Atlanta. It's almost like the roles were reversed. I give the Niners credit, the biggest comeback in the history of an NFC championship game. But, man, uh, that's, that's going to give some sleepless nights for Dan Campbell. Well, not, not tying the game that late in the fourth quarter what is, are we doing? is mind-blowing on its own. But then, again, here's what analytics doesn't account for. If you miss that versus making it, what is the what position is the other team in, right? Say you make that. Now there's urgency on San Francisco's part to have to go score because the game is tied, right? They have to go seek points. You give them the football, they have the lead, and now they're able to slide into what they've done the entire year in the strength of their team, right? Playing with a lead, running the football, and hitting you in the mouth. Like, you're playing right into their strength if you fail versus maybe having to make them once again push the envelope a little bit and maybe that swings something back in your direction. It just, there's so many things that, that I feel like analytics don't account for and to just blindly follow numbers to me is, is absolutely astonishing at that level. It is. And I'll tell you what else is, uh, you know, people that I know and I, I, I respect their opinion. Dan Orlovsky a good friend. Uh, my, my co-host, Danny Cannell. Uh, I mean, these are guys that played the NFL as quarterbacks. The way, like, the defending of the decision-making for Dan Campbell, that blows my mind. Like, honestly, it's, it's okay to say that he made a mistake. He should not right. have done that. Right. that was, that's a bad decision. And I don't care what the results are. And don't tell me, oh, that's only because of the result. Well, it's the results are in the business. And I felt that way before they went for those in those moments. Like, I picked the Niners. I wanted to see the Lions win, man. I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for the Lions. I want to see them find a way to pull it off and continue this Cinderella story. Uh, and I just, I just, man, I, I hated the decisions that Dan Campbell made at every front. Having said that, I got to give the Niners credit. They showed, they showed some real resiliency. And Brock Purdy, he wasn't perfect, but, boy, he made plays when he had to uh, with his legs. Uh, just some, some really nice plays that I thought he made. You leaned on Debo. You leaned on CMC. And – we have set up now uh, a rematch uh, from a couple of years ago with the Niners and the Chiefs because what did I tell you on Friday? I said, I think whenever I talk to you next week, we're going to be talking about the Chiefs defense was the most dominant unit of anybody on Championship Sunday. I don't think I was wrong. I thought, right. I thought that the Chiefs defense, Steve Spagnola, his ability to, to game plan, to prep, and to – really, I think, disrupt what an offense wants to do is up there with anybody. Number two overall defense, number two scoring defense throughout the course of the year, and they completely dismantled one of the best offenses in all of pro football and probably the MVP. And I get it, you know, big stage, you know, playoff Lamar showed up. Well, a big reason why playoff Lamar showed up was because the Chiefs gave him all kinds of fits with pressure, disguising coverage on the back end, tight coverage everywhere. I, I thought it was a masterful job by the Chiefs defense. And, and that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, that combination, it's okay too, I guess. I mean, for Travis Kelsey to, to start passing Jerry Rice, I mean, that, that on its own is, is mind-blowing. And it's crazy how much that almost flies under the radar because Jerry Rice set records that I don't think anybody ever dreamed would be broken. And then Patrick Mahomes, you know, he just goes out there – and and somewhat, you know, manages the game for a good portion until they ask him to win it and then, you know, just 
becomes Patrick Mahomes again. Well, he was 11 for 11 to start the game. I mean, the dude was flawless. I mean, they go down on those first two drives against, you know, if if it's not the Chiefs, it's the Ravens, the best defense in football, and they just made it look easy. I mean, easy out there. And Patrick Mahomes was absolutely dealing. And then they just – I don't know what you thought. They went uber conservative. I just thought they kind of set on that lead. They trusted that defense. And to your point – until that final possession when they say, uh, okay, we need you to make a play, go win the ball game, uh, makes a play that, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes is the only uh, player that a coach allows to put the ball up like that to MVS. And has, has Valdez Scantling just been messing with everybody with all the drops? <laughs> like, he just, like, decoy so nobody covers him? I mean, how big time was that throw and catch to ice that game? That was insane. I mean, the cojones, Stephen – put the game in his hands, literally, right, is uh, is pretty incredible. But, yeah, they play a complimentary brand of football. They, they don't ask Mahomes to be Superman for 60 minutes. He doesn't necessarily have the playmakers to rely on to maybe do that. So they pick their spots and allow that defense to, to do what it does. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really well-balanced team. And then when, when they need Mahomes to make a play, they they call his number, and, and he does this just that. I know this is a, a tremendous – uh, Super Bowl matchup. I can't wait to break it down, but Championship Sunday, Dusty, was uh, was off the hook. Everything that I wanted and some, man. It, 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 we had storylines. We had competitive football. We had some defense. We had bad coaching decisions. Uh, the stars were stars. I mean, <laughs> what more could we ask for? And it's going to be a fun Super Bowl, I can tell you that. I, I, I'm still in a bit of shock that somehow Patrick Mahomes is an early underdog, but I mean, hey, I guess he's been an underdog. He was an underdog uh, the last couple of weeks, and he found a way to win. We'll see if they can make it three in a row, but you're right. We got a couple of weeks to break this thing down. Uh, We can break it down from every angle. I can just tell you now, it's going to be hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes in that defense. The better defense, the best quarterback in the National Football League, uh, I don't want to give my pick away right now. It's a long time before then that I can change my opinion, but it's going to be tough for me to come off the Chiefs with this one. I hear you, man. Enjoy your Monday evening. Enjoy, I think, uh, basketball this evening, and we'll catch up Wednesday. Sixth grade basketball at the Trey Young Youth Family uh, Facility. So big game tonight, man. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Make it rain. That is Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline. I'm Colby Daniels. We will take one final timeout on this Monday, and we are wrapping up the show next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.